Good morning, good afternoon. I'm Bill Connor, and you've reached the Digital Shop Talk Radio, where we gather on, on Wednesdays at 12 o'clock Central to um, share some information from um, many of the uh, shop owners that we work with over the years. Today, I'm here with Dustin Brown, Brown owner of Brown's Automotive Expert, um, owned three locations, joined us live on the air many times, uh, sharing some great information. And we've got a... Um, Darren Williams, the manager of customer and technical success at AMS Protractor. So this is the first time he's joined us. And um, on this particular topic, he'll be a, a valuable asset for sure. Plus, uh, AutoVital's founder, Uwe Kleinsmith, here as usual to join us. So join us today as we discuss about why single and even more multi-shop owners benefit from integration between the best-in-class tools, uh, speeding up their shop operations. In this podcast, we're going to focus specifically on Protractor and Audubon's. What are some of the best practices, their advantages, and maybe even some pitfalls that you might run into? As always, teamwork is required by everybody in the shop to provide great results. You're going to take away some tips about learning from your peers using integrations between best-in-class um, tools to grow your shop. As always, you learn from our guest panelists who operate shops just like yours. So, Uwe, as usual, if you wouldn't mind, get us uh, started on this journey, and we'll take off and go from there. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Darren. I, I remember, I cannot remember when, but it has been a few years ago when Frank brought up that the opportunity cost of a technician minute was at that time $4.50. Now it's probably more in the $6 range. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that was uh, an epiphany for me, I have to tell you. And then we also um, discovered that service advisors often spend up to 60% of their time building estimates. And that seemed a lot of time. And so looking at those two numbers, we saw a huge opportunity if we can, for every single work order, shave off minutes that's gonna pay back big at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month. So we started building processes and um, the tools in, in SmartFlow that um, went way beyond the normal digital inspection. And one of them is the technician is just tapping a recommended action on the tablet and through a button press for the service by the service advisor, the estimate auto-populates. Right? That was one of the biggest um, achievements. And now that we even have uh, shortened the delay in the integration between Protractor and Autovital, so it's down to seconds. They almost act like one and the same tool, right? You don't, you just, it's like switching between two browser tabs almost, right? And, uh, and, and so uh, another thing we discovered, uh, thanks to Bill mostly, you know, I started working with Bill since what, Bill, 2014 or something like that? 13, maybe even? 13 or 14, yeah. <laughs> it, he, he helped us um, appreciate the use of canned jobs. So we have built 
libraries around can jobs and even in the business control panel which we're going to talk about later um as well that you really use can jobs as a basis for your shop operation and not only does it save time it allows you to create kpis and say i want to increase my uh, i don't know cabin air filter brake flushes whatever and then you can track it back to the technician activity so long story short there is a lot of opportunity where you can save seconds or minutes but it adds up at the end and and we want to and we want to talk about those today so dustin would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about your uh, three locations and 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 how did you approach the integration between protractor and auto vitals what came first and how did you work before and how are you working now lots of questions sorry <laughs> okay all right well let's do some background here is uh we were with a program called uh windworks or auto shop by windworks some people might know what that is i don't know yes i remember and it was you were using the two screens you copy and paste the tech notes over you'd estimate everything manually you know whatever the recommendations were you were typing it up and you're going to all, uh, all data and looking at the time you're going to napa pro link and looking at the parts and you're just doing everything manually so boy that took a lot of time of course I got introduced to a protractor integration through, I believe, Bill, actually. Uh, you know, so we spent quite a bit of time talking with protractor a few years back. They had an enterprise, which has been very helpful. So we set up can jobs in the enterprise that pushed down all three stores. Little protractor plug, the beauty of that is if I need to change a price on an oil change service, or I only need to change the price on my alignments, I could do it in one spot and it would change it for all three stores. Historically, I had to go to each individual store and do that in-house. I couldn't just, I could change, I can update pricing matrices in the living room of my house now instead of having an annual effect all three. So we spent a lot of time with Bill at the time working uh, on can jobs and creating codes for each of these jobs. So we would have a BRA-001 and that would be brake pads, machine rotors. And we just did it for whatever jobs, all the, all the typical standard stuff that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Shocks, struts, brakes, fluid flushes, maintenance. So, we created a ton of can jobs on the enterprise. They all pushed down to all the locations and we utilized the codes into auto vitals. So when they recommended breaks, they just had to click, okay, I need pads and rotors. So that's this one. I need pads, rotors, and calipers. That's this one. I need pads, machine rotors. It's that one. And they would just click which one they needed for the vehicle. Uh, and then, it lined it up with the tab, the, the, the job in ProTrack. Boy, it, it, was, it was one of those things where just like a lot of projects in your life, there's a lot of work in the front end, but the time savings in the back end are just phenomenal, phenomenal. 
So was it a little main, scary in the beginning to, to take this all on? I mean, how long did it take you? And did Bill push you to <laughs> finish it? Or how did, how did it work? <laughs> I think Bill and I were we meeting once a week or twice a week or something. Bill was, Bill was pushing me to get it done. Uh, Here was kind of the secret to it, though. As soon as Dustin realized what was in it for not only him, but his entire staff to have something that he could build in one place and have it go ahead and spread down to the other ones without having to do extra work at each individual store, then it got to be a really high priority for Dustin to go ahead and say, let's get this done now. He, you know, it, at that point, he didn't want to wait. He had that enthusiasm behind him that said, I can see the vision of where I want to go. And this is what I have to do to do it. Let's just get it knocked out. Yeah, absolutely. And that drove, drove me to get a lot of it done quickly. I would just sit there and evenings and just blast it out. And it's, it's not hard. It's just, it's just tedious. It's just the net. I don't know if tedious is way. It's just, just a lot of the same thing over and over and over and over and over again with minor changes. Uh, and four years later, how much is that? Justin as all we, your stores. What, what, Darren? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Then four years later, how much time has that front end work saved for all of your stores? Oh, well, here, today. Here's, here's really what really, really helped out is by the learning curve we took with Dustin and some other people we were working with on Protractor because. You know, we started doing the integration between Protractor and Autobottles at that point. When we made these discoveries, then what we said is, look, we've learned this here. How do we make this available to other people that are using Protractor and Autobottles? You know, they're switching over to Protractor, how we can make their life easier. So we supplied these lists of jobs or what Protractor calls service packages to them where they could make them standardized so other people don't have to go through that particular pain. So in other words, for the audience, we are now basically the default service package library when you start with Protractor is already matched and referenced with the auto vitals inspection sheets, right? So thanks okay. to Dustin and Bill's work, um, we, we could benefit from that and now everybody who starts with that integration um, has a, a step forward. Step for, we could take it one step further than that also. So we've developed some fully developed inspection sheets for Protractor that somebody that's been using Protractor forever that now has joined into AutoVitals, they can go and get that code list and just put them into the service packages that apply to the inspection sheets. And now they're ready to go also. So we've learned a lot of different ways over the years to go ahead and streamline the process. And really what we're looking for to go ahead and make everybody in the shop really comfortable when an inspection's done, a technician selects the right job or service packages, you know, based on the condition that that information is going to go ahead that press of a button, go back into auto or protractor where the service writer can just estimate it. So we got that one-to-one -one relationship between what the tech recommends and what ends up getting estimated by the service advisor. So it makes everybody real comfortable in the process. But I think we should, we should really repeat Darren's question, Dustin, if you have measured it or remember, do you have a number which explain, which 
uh, illustrates the difference in, in the time savings. How much time did they save after doing that? Um, I, I don't remember. I mean, I think Bill and I put this, that has to have been at least three years ago. Uh, it's tremendous though. I mean, it is tremendous. We're doing more cars. We're able to manage more artwork. The workflow is more efficient. There's less downtime on waiting on estimating. The guys can call them quicker, call their customers quicker. So the customer experience is improved by being able to provide them information faster. Technicians' lives are improved because we're getting authorizations quicker. Uh, I, I can't tell you an exact number, but I can tell you the, the, I could talk all day about the benefits that we've seen. Right. Yeah, we, we, I remember we had Adam Benchik on who does, did exactly uh, the same thing. And he, I, I can, cannot give you numbers on time improvements, but he was basically able to grow his shop in revenue by, he quadrupled revenue, almost quadrupled revenue and didn't even um, double the size of his staff because of all those efficiency gains. I mean, it's not just the protractor integration, but I mean, just imagine that's, blowing my mind if that's possible. It's the opportunity to look in your shop operation and shape of time, because as you said, less people crank out more. And actually in this marketplace right now with the shortage of good quality staff, it's even more important than it's ever been to go ahead and, and turn everybody you have into high producers, you know, highly paid professionals. Yeah, I was going to mention that, Bill. I just read an article about how many more vehicles are coming into an independent side, right? It's mm -hmm. growing substantially. So the article really was all about increasing efficiencies in your operations. So any way you can do that, it's going to be a win, not just for yourself, but for all your guys. And um, increasing efficiencies in the estimating process, the inspection process, those are... That's kind of, in my opinion, it's a little bit of low-hanging fruit that you really want to be be going after right. and getting done. But really, we're more toward the holy grail that we've always been for years is trying to get that three hours or higher average per repair order in an all-make and all-model shop and then, you know, four and a half or five or higher in a European shop. And it's kind of interesting, Dustin, you know, when I look at your numbers, you're sitting all over that, you know, you're three hours per repair order and and, you know, it's consistent across all three shops. It's not just one there and the other one's, you know, dragging around behind. Yeah, that what we do. There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, right? You know, the integration is one piece, but uh, making sure they're sitting these inspections and they're taking the time to review them with the customers is another piece. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of pieces to that. So auto vitals definitely get you where you want to be uh, and they offer so much with their different avenues, right? Because you guys have your workflow management, you have the digital inspections, you have the educational videos that can be attached, and now you have this integration with the point of sale. So if you're really capturing all of that, you could really make big gains. You make gains if you just do a little bit, but imagine how much the gains you see when you really put the whole thing together. 
Bill, do you do you mind maybe sharing your screen with some examples from the BCP so we can talk details? I bet I can do that. Hopefully you can see the business control panel. That looks great. Awesome. So this is kind of what I was talking about. Now we've got Dustin's three shops laid across here. Let's see if we can get a pointer up here. So location one, two, and three. And it's kind of interesting because we can compare each shop to one another. So we've got, you know, build hours sold per day on average. They're pretty uniform across all three shops. Here's that holy grail number I was talking about, the average hours per repair order. So they're That's actually amazing. over to three in all three locations. So, you know, congratulations there for sure. We've got the inspection rate. So, and what I'd actually like to go ahead and say, Procractor really does an excellent job with reporting and the ability to go ahead and build all kinds of different reports. But where the business control panel is going to be completely different is we actually have a way to go ahead and actually capture behaviors and analyze them in a different way. So this is more about understanding the behaviors of the, of the shop that actually lead to the numbers, gross profit, and sales and stuff that are available through Protractor, if that makes sense. As we Dustin, you are, part, Dustin, you all make some models, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yes, sir. We're full, we're full service, I'll make the models. Yeah, that's amazing. 3.6 hours, 3.8 hours. That, that I mean, congratulations. Hey, thank you. But what, what actually leads to that is the behavior of having a consistent inspection process. So, really, all three shops they average between 11 and 13 recommendations per repair order. You know, that's a sign of them all using the same inspection sheet in the same process over and over again. We get down a little bit further in their average pitches repair order. You can see they're relatively consistent, although this shop is a little bit higher, but they're still within that range. The edited pictures, you can see that, you know, one shop seems to do a little bit better job of editing pictures than the other ones, but they're still relatively uniform. So, you know, this is kind of what I talk about being able to measure consistency from shop to shop. You can see the inspection scent rate. Average motorist research time, which is kind of interesting here. The shop that actually edits more pictures actually has a higher motorist engagement. What um, a surprise. <laughs> we've, we've had this discussion <laughs> before. But it's really interesting that, you know, when Dustin's got his whole staff using things the same way, that he can come in here and compare across all three locations and even go ahead and go right down to the in individual employees to go ahead and find out how they're fitting into this mix. Average work orders per day, you know, they're about the same, all three locations. The uh, sales to estimate rate is a little bit higher at this shop than the other two. The other two are almost identical. So maybe we have an opportunity to learn from these guys to go ahead and have them share some information with the other ones. And then this is where we get down to the service packages and protractor embedded in the inspection sheets being so telling because we can come in here and we can go ahead and look for individual service packages and compare them across all three locations. So we I, here I just went ahead and picked out, you know, a four-wheel alignment at all three shops and I come down in here and brake fluid exchange all three shops and um, drivability diagnostics and so on. And then I got down here and actually looked at the number of these are the ones that were recommended, and these are the ones that were sold. And I'm looking at here, and I'm thinking, well, that alignment equipment is pretty expensive, and wheel alignments aren't like vitamins. So 
one a day is not very good. If I'm looking at 30 day window here, I'm wondering what can we do to go ahead and maybe work on how we develop the inspection topic related to wheel alignment so we can go ahead and utilize this equipment a little bit better. But again, this is all broken down and it pulls the individual jobs out of Protractor and they're available here for job counts and percentages and, and things like that. It's interesting. It's really great. Yeah. No, I'm, I was going to say the consistency is, is amazing uh, across the three shops, but certain things like di diagnosed drivability, Dustin, what, what do you think? You know, there, there's a, the, the, the center shop, seems to um do a lot more of that doesn't it yeah uh they do our center shop that's our most rancho store they get a they get quite a bit of diesel work i see so it's a little different i got a i mean i got so actually remember I got a really really good diesel guy there and i got a really good european guy there as well mm -hmm. so they so do remember on a recommendation Remember on a recommended can job sold, this has been recommended by the technician discovered on the inspection sheet, and then it's been sold from there. So it could they be that in this store here, they're seeing the check engine light is seen on when they write up the repair order, but it wasn't actually recommended by the technician. That's what it was brought in for. Okay, so just to clarify that, we 66% uh, of all the check engine lights they recommended got sold. That the, that the technicians physically recommended through their inspection were sold. Okay, that's what it is. So above that brake fluid flush, they they sold 27.27% of every job they recommended that was a brake flush. That's correct. Yep. And, okay. and yours, your inspection sheet is built where you got dot three and dot four separated from each other. So again, you know, you can, you know, your mileage is going to vary according to what's coming into each one of your shops, but it's kind of interesting. You can go ahead and choose the type of job here. And then for individual shops, if you aren't using your canned jobs efficiently, you can come in here and choose them separately if they're worded different. But like I said, you're using the same inspection sheet across all shops. So you don't have to do that. You can come in here and just, you know, start dissecting the data and kind of pull it apart and go from there. Well, it's always a, interesting. We can you could tell here what's going on behavior-wise without going ahead and having to just find you know when you go to protractor you're getting you know gross profit percentages and and things like that. Whereas this is more all about behavioral information. Will you show them how you can see which technicians are recommending what? Well, I certainly can. It's just a matter of here just flipping on the switch. Are you okay with showing your text okay. names yeah, in I'm the public? Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm okay. So, That's why so I'm You're not going to go to your homies again. Don't be, don't be, so don't, don't, be uh, don't be trying to snake my guys. Uh, well, you know what? You keep your guys happy enough, they ain't going nowhere. So, this is my favorite number here is because everybody's complaining about staff shortages. And when we're looking at build hours per day, what we're looking at is you know, can we go ahead and still continue to increase production with the staff that we currently have? And this is over 30 days. So this is going to include Saturdays and Sundays and days off. But we got guys here that are averaging, you know, eight hours per day or more, even with the Saturdays and Sundays being off. 
And I've got other shops out there that the guys, even with their days off, are in, in the 12 and 14 hour range. And then we can go down the list and you can kind of think about your technicians, you know, as a general service technician, you know, they might be averaging five hours a day or so on. But again, you can use this to go and see, should I be chasing that next unicorn or should I be working on my processes to improve them with the staff I currently have? Yeah, this is a great, it's a great tool. This business control panel is a, a wonderful tool, especially when you're seeing, you know, when you look at this, and you can say, you got a technician saying, well, how come he's getting all the easy work? Why is he getting all the breaks and the struts or whatever? You go in here and say, well, he's the one recommending all of them, right? He, he's recommended 10 sets of struts compared to you recommending two sets of struts. So who's going who's gonna to get them more? So it's a good management tool to flip the script a little bit uh, on when people have, you know, your individuals have perceptions and then data and facts help kind of bring that perception into light. Like, is it a true perception or is there something, you know, you could be doing as an individual. So they're not feeling like, hey, you're treating me unfairly because this guy's getting all these strut work. You say, well, look, he didn't recommend enough struts and he's recommended twice as much. So he's going to get twice as many strut jobs, right? So, so it's a good management tool as well and accountability so, tool. So one of the things that actually come up in our prep call also that I wanted to go ahead and cover here is here, this is one business control panel handling all shops. And, you know, we were talking about Dustin about, can you see auto vitals for more than one shop at a time logged in? And the answer is, if you use the Chrome browser to go and actually log into multiple different locations, then you can have them live. And it's just a matter of pressing the button and you can bring up whatever store you want. And the advantage is, is all the bookmarks and everything for each individual store is going to be tied into that particular store so it's something that's easily built out and again you know when you're a multi-shop operator there's a huge advantage to being able to remotely be able to pop up a screen and go ahead and look and see what's going on on any location that you choose versus having to um you know call them on the phone and ask them what's going on and of course can you click on the here that, Go ahead. Can you click click on it? That was that might have been a little fast. Can you click on the uh, email profiles again? So Chrome, I don't know when they introduced that. It's not that long ago. They call it user profile, right? And so you log in with your email address, but the Chrome browser also has a profile for that email address. So this way you have one Chrome browser open and can switch between as many, I mean, look at Bill, <laughs> as many <laughs> profiles as you as you have set up. And all the, the cookies and all the settings of the browser stick to that profile. So this way, um, if you are a multi-location owner or if you're a coach or you help out other shops, you can, or you, you want to review something um, in a 20 group, you can super quickly compare all that live, yeah, and, right? That's, it's you, all real the time. The advantage of this is if you turn these on and you sync them and you build the bookmarks bar, you can come in here and tell your service writers, just go in and right click and go ahead and open them up and they're all set up, ready to go. Every terminal in the building is set up exactly the same. 
Right. But anyways, that's that's enough of that. So, um, just using technology. But it's really amazing, Dustin. When when I, I started looking through your store after or our prep call the other day, and I pulled them up there, and they're so uniform, with only just a few exceptions going across the board. Um, you know, I could tell that you're actually using Protractor and Auto Vitals together, and you're building your inspection sheet and your service packages at one location and spreading it out to the other ones. That's really a way to go ahead and get them consistent. And I could tell you 100% for sure there's franchise operations using Protractor Enterprise the same way where they can spread that across a large, huge number of shops. So, you know, Dustin, you can feel free to grow as much as you want to and still maintain that same consistency. <laughs> and a nice thing there is too, that you're gonna have shops that have, you know, varying levels of revenue, you know, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, whatever. But that type of control panel really highlights the process, you know. So if somebody is deviating right. from it somehow, you're going to be able to compare them, um, you know, the same way consistently, and not just worry about necessarily the revenue, but look at you know, are they following the process? And then we can work on the rest from there. Well, let's take it even one step further than that. You get, all your employees are going to be at a different place in their journey, and using the business control panel to go ahead and look and see hey, this one employee I need to work on getting them to edit the inspection results, the rest of them are already there. I could focus with that one employee there and work on other things with the rest of them to keep everybody moving because they're going to be all at a different place. You're going to have new people come in. They're going to be starting from scratch, for example. So um, there will always be people coming and going. So why not be able to measure them individually rather than having everybody else take a pause in their career path until that one person catches up? Good point. Yeah, that's a fantastic management tool for sure. Training tool, accountability tool, and it's right there. They can't. They can't. Um, they can't argue with the numbers, right? They can't. Right. And numbers have no emotions. That's the beauty. Unless it's a Darren, bank account. Darren, um, would you mind? Um, explaining how when you onboard a protractor shop or you convert an existing um, shop, how this service package population works and, and, and what the recommended practices are to get the shop going? Sure. So onboarding is always um, a one-on-one -on -one process for us. Every shop is unique. Um, you know, even a multi-location shop, you could have you know, facilities that are spread out. One does tires, one does general repair, one does fleet work. Um, so it's important to really get to know the shop, get to know their goals. And depending on what they're trying to do, we have our default templates. Um, you know, again, for the auto file users, they're already gonna have the codes preset up. So the goal there is to introduce them to the default packages or can jobs, let them know what can be modified, whether it's gonna be on a per location basis or the same type of packages spread out to all locations. Um, but that's all done one-on-one -on -one with the shop owner when they join um, so they can get a feel for what can be done at the enterprise and what can be made consistent for all the stores. One of the points I would like to go ahead and bring up that we've seen recently because of our rapid inflation of, of labor costs and so on is we want to try and encourage people to stay away from fixed pricing on labor operation and parts in their packages. You know, it's better to go ahead and have a fixed time in there and a labor rate assigned to it. So that way, if you have a change in your labor cost, you can adjust that labor rate and it will update all your service packages going forward 
rather than having to open each one up individually and adjust the customer sales price in it. So in the past, we didn't have to worry about that because price could stay consistent for year after year after year. And now in these times, you know, especially if you're starting from scratch, I would highly encourage you to use that process of using the labor time or putting a time in there and letting the labor rate go ahead and be a rate that you can adjust in one place per se. Right. The service packages have, have those different levels of control. So you can either take the rate um, or just multiply it by hours. You can have a fixed rate if you'd like, or, uh, or a fixed total, I should say, where you can just put in the fixed price if you're comfortable with that. Um, but to your point, you can make that change once at the package and that's going to push down appropriately. So if it had been working great one way previously, but now it's not, just go in and update that package as you need and every store is going to see that change. And if you're using something like a labor rate matrix on top of that, you know, it's going to be multiplied by the more you put on a ticket, you know, the more that that rate can increase or decrease as you need it to. So, so far, the main takeaway is, is to use the service packages, get them in your inspection sheets, have the technicians do an inspection, choose the appropriate job and have them you know, at a push of a button, come back. So the service writer is estimating everything the technician found and righteously documented. Yeah, takes away that, you know, choice. The service package or the uh, service advisor doesn't have to worry about what do I do? What do I put on there? What do I price? You know, the technician pushes the button, the break job shows up, you press the catalog lookup and you find the you know right time and right parts and, and you're done. I, I, I would still, I don't know. I don't want to bore anybody, but... For, for people who switched to Protractor, right, and had a completely different can job set up before, whatever the point of sale was, how do you recommend to standardize on the library? Or are you saying, you know, rather you're so familiar with your old can jobs, try to emulate them in Protractor and rather change the inspection sheet and go through all the work, you know, dust and had done to standardize inspection sheet and protractor. Does my question make sense? I believe so. Yeah, um, protractor is different from a lot of systems in that respect where everything goes through a service package or a can job, where a lot of systems can jobs are something that can be used, but you can also just, you know, throw a part and labor line and on it if you want mm -hmm. and do it manually. So that can mm -hmm. be a little bit of a, you know, culture shock getting used to having everything go on a package and how to deal with, well, what if I need two, you know, left and a right strut here and this package only has a single strut line. So there's a little bit of um, an adoption phase there getting used to the difference. So what we encourage shops to do is kind of think about the menu board, you know, whether you have an actual board behind you or not, but think about it that way. What do you do that's already pre-priced a certain way, whether it's oil changes, fluid flushes, um, a fixed labor time on, you know, a single axle for brake jobs, we take all that information, we help the shops modify those default hand jobs or service packages. So that way, day one, when the advisors start using it, all those old familiar can jobs are essentially already working the same way. And everything else is all going to go through the catalog. So if it's something that you know is a water pump or there's not going to be a can time, um, they have the package set up with the right disposal fees, with the right additional recommended services. You know, do I want to have a, a timing belt be recommended? appropriately, you know, um, serpentine belt, et cetera. All they have to do is put that can job on there, press the catalog lookup button, and the rest is going to be done for them. 
So it's a hybrid approach for basically what you are familiar with and need and as what you call the menu board, you, you will reintroduce and for mm -hmm. the rest you use the the library delivered with uh, Protractor. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of so shops use that as an uh, example of, you know, I need to make some pricing changes. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of revamp at this time. But yeah, we want to make it as easy as possible for the advisors. Yeah, makes sense. So let's take Thank a you. shop that's auto vitals and they've already <laughs> have a inspection sheet that they're absolutely in love with. And now they're switching over Protractor, which is going to have different service package or, or can jobs in it. And they may have been mapped or not. Now what that shop would do is they would just go ahead and map their inspection sheet they already have that they love to the service packages and protractor and now it's done and ready to be used also so right. there can be some different amounts of work to do depending on which way that they you know love the most so to say right exactly and the good thing is once you once you identify those packages that need to be updated to match with the inspection sheet you know my understanding auto vitals you go in there and you run the little tool that updates all the can jobs out of the SMS and it's done, you know? So it's not exactly a huge lift to get the two talking together. Cool. So Dustin, what's next? Well, what, I got what? I got the infrastructure. So I guess number four is getting to this job, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's turnkey now, it's turnkey now. Uh, another thing I want to bring up though, you still got to, when you run these programs and they all integrate, uh, you be mindful of a little bit of laziness. Uh, and what I mean by that is it works so good that your advisors will just click the work order update button and, and it's impossible to have a can job for everything you're gonna see in the automotive world. Take like a rear wheel, uh, take like a, I don't know, a diesel dually and they're doing rear drum brakes and they want to do axle seals with the drum brake, right? So you can have a, you can add a package for rear drum brakes with axle seals, but then your list becomes long if you're trying to foresee every potential thing that that brake job might entail. So just be a little mindful of that. Make sure your technicians are going, okay, this package is only going to give me these parts. And on this particular job, especially being all makes and models. Uh, another good example for a, a brake job, a lot of times you're going to want like a padware sensor for like a European car or something, right? So instead of having rear brake pads and rotors, rear brake pads, rotors, calipers, rear brake pads, rotor sensor, rear brake pads, rotor, caliper, sensor. But you know, that list of what those guys have to click can get really long. So to make it easier, just be sure you're, be sure you're training you guys. Okay, look at what your text writing down. He might type in padware sensor needed with his brake job. So, um, that that was when we you know, were creating these packages. We we're just like, how far out now? You know, I mean, how, right. how good point. What are you going to get here? You and know? your diesel shop, I'm sure, deals with that more. You know, if you're going to tear down an injector and use OE parts, you're going to be getting, you know, eight of these O-rings and eight of those O-rings and these right. injectors and all the gaskets individually. I mean, yeah, you're not going to have a a can well, job actually, with all that on there. I'm actually glad Dustin brought up that point because there's a tool in Auto Bottle specifically designed for that, and that is. There's a shop eyes only note area that on those jobs that need that, the technician can provide a part list just like they used to do on paper, except they use their voice. 
And then they could go ahead and say, by the way, I need an additional 1.2 hours of time because it's a rough fucking garbage scow. And now the service rider has everything they need to know to get the job done the right time. And if the technician doesn't provide that list and the time doesn't get changed and the parts don't get long, Dustin knows who he has to retrain, not the entire shop. Yes. Great point. Shop, yeah. So, so, yeah. Be, be mindful important. of that, you know, make sure they're still looking at it. Um, but if you think about it, you have 90% of your estimates there. So all you now have to do is add that brake pad sensor. All, right. you, all you have to add now is add that extra hour for uh, the roster two hours, right? So it still saves a ton of time. So Dustin, having done this um, a couple times, going in and bringing on, you know, your your second and third location, um, what is your process to go ahead and bring that fourth one on? Do you just go ahead and have the guys that are going to go over there go ahead and go to your first, second, and third store to train and just slide them over there or? You know, how are you going to pull off that same consistency in the number four, five, six, and so on? <laughs> well, um, as they say, every deal is different. So, like my third store had no staff. There was an empty building. But this oh, one wow. we're looking at, number four, it's got some staff. Uh, we like to bring somebody in within the organization to the – in this case, we're going to bring somebody in to the organization – and train the people they have. But not only and they're gonna be training with culture, right? There's yeah, there's processes, procedures, but culture is real big too, right? Uh, how we do our how 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 we do what we do. And I created something called what's called the Browns Auto Way. Actually, I have a Browns Auto Advisor Way, a Browns Auto Technician Way. So we're gonna teach the technicians. You gotta follow. It's a little roadmap. It's like a road with little boxes. This and this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. Uh, for the advisors on there, it's like inform the customer that you're going to get a digital inspection, you're going to get an email, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. We're going to wait 20 minutes, we're going to give you a call. So we're going to bring somebody in, one, sometimes two, depending on 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 what makes the most sense. Definitely somebody for the front to teach them all the culture and procedures and auto vitals and just how we do our browse auto front way, and somebody in the back to train the guys in the back. Instead of bringing them into the other stores, we don't want to rob from Peter to pay Paul. So you don't want to disrupt a good culture, a good thing going, good moment, momentum at one store. Say, hey, you know that guy that's doing 56, 55 hours a week? I'm going to grab him and have him teach somebody else. And I know your sales guy's like, well, yeah, I got to, I still got to hit these sales numbers. You just took, cut a leg off me. So there's a, a lot of finesse that comes, you know, that gets involved there. So. So can I assume if your mission statement is printed on a wall behind you, all your other processes are documented in paper somewhere? We utilize, yeah, we utilize a, a program called Trainual. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, that's where we do it. And that's what's nice versus the paper. If you've got to change or update a policy, you can update it on that platform and it shoots down to everybody in the organization. Mm-hmm. And they're not, you're not walking around with a book. Hey, sign here that I updated this procedure. Uh, yeah, so we have that. Uh, we have those guys build a lot of them for us as well. We work mm-hmm. with our staff members as we grow and build on, put on new positions in the, in the organization that we didn't have before. We're creating new roles 
when these people are we're working together and developing the procedures of those roles. Can be reassuring for those people you bring on. Oh, sorry, what, Darren? As that's gonna be reassuring for the people that you bring on too. You know, making that change from old owner to new. If they can see that you've already got a process and are accounting for them and not making it up as you go, they're gonna appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So Dustin, I know that you're normal. So I'm assuming at some point you had to make the decision to move yourself from working in the shop to being able to educate, delegate, and measure what your staff is doing. Did you find that a hard transition to make? Yeah, it, it's, it's always a little challenging because your role, my role as an owner evolves and changes. So that educate, delegate, uh, elevate is what we like to look at. So as you're letting go of things, trusting the people you hire to do the job you hire them to do. I find us as shop owners, we tend to be very controlled. So it can be very difficult to, to let go. I have a, I'm a little bit of an issue with one of my, I don't like, it's like a personnel issue. And this was just the last, just yesterday. So I tell the manager, hey, I want you to talk to this person about X, Y, and Z. And I'm sitting there going, man, I could just go talk to that person. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to. But I'd say, no, I hired the manager. I told him to talk to him. He right. told me to get it done. Trust him to get it done. And uh, I'll have him report back to me in a couple of days. You know what I'm saying? So that's been, that's, that's challenging. So at your shop, do you... I guess you've delegated to your manager now. Do they do a, a daily meeting? And then do they do a weekly meeting? Do they want do one-on-ones and then report back to you? What does that look like? That looks like uh, they do their kind of like a daily huddle, daily powwow internally when they're talking to their foreman, they're talking to the advisor, talking to the text, kind of the game plan just for the day. They do that every day without me. Uh, once a week, we go through KPIs, you know, did you hit your weekly sales goal? And, you know, all the, all your standard KPIs, hours per row, average or number of repair orders, number of new customers, you know, there's a big, and they've got uh, auto vinyl stuff, inspections sent, inspections performed, uh, seconds, research, edited. So we look at it that weekly. So we do that every week. And we do that as a group call with all the managers at all the stores that develops some camaraderie, that develops teamwork between the locations. Mm -hmm. So you really want it to feel like it's one company and not three separate little companies, and right? And fierce competition? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's competition. <laughs> there <go>. Yeah. <laughs> and then we do once a, once a month, we sit down with all the managers and we do like a leadership training. And that's what we'll sit down for about four hours in a group setting once a month. And we might talk about updates and company updates, procedure updates, or we might just do uh, a communication training. We might do de-escalation training, uh, leadership training, things of that nature. Because lead techs become lead techs because they can build, build a lot of hours. Or managers become managers because they're the top sales guy. But what it takes to build, build a bunch of hours as a technician isn't really the same tools it takes to be a successful like shop foreman. Right. Uh, the skills needed to sell work and be a good salesman and a top service advisor aren't necessarily the same skills it takes to be a manager. So our industry is really good at, hey, this guy builds hours. He's the foreman now. He's the leader. 
have at it, but we don't tell some, we don't teach them what it means to be a leader, but we expect. So we get together and we try to do training like that. Very cool. So in, in your if, case, if, you... if, if I may, if I may, just to hit this point, I heard, uh, I think it was University of Yale had won the NCAA, NCAA championship in swimming for 10 years in a row. Coach couldn't even swim. And they kept winning. But he could motivate and, and you know, unleash the potential of every swimmer. Right? This is just unbelievable. That's exactly. That's We've exactly heard this on, on, a, on a lot of episodes is that the owner of the shop doesn't need to know how to do every stinking job on every vehicle that comes in the shop. What they need to do is learn how to hire the right people, put them in the right spots and get out of their way and just measure, you know, the results. So, and it's really hard to do from a, a shop owner standpoint because most of them are, are used to, you know, having smaller operations. But now the average today is, is one, one and a half, two million dollar a year and up locations. So, you know, we got to get more to thinking about these things as actual true, you know, viable careers and businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be tough for shop owners to do What do they say? Uh, I think, I don't know what the number is, but I think it's over 50% of all independent shop owners are technicians turned shop owners, right? Mm -hmm. Challenge of letting go is real. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that also plays into some fear of some shop owners. Like somebody like you doesn't have the fear of going ahead and educating your staff and turning them into really good people and not worried about them going somewhere else because you probably take the attitude. If they do go somewhere else, you want them to be successful. And in the past, shop owners said, I don't want to teach them too much because they are going to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just kind of a different mindset that you have to develop over time. Yeah, absolutely. So we lost a couple guys uh, recently. Uh, without going into details, there wasn't much I could do to keep them. They got offered a, a uh, too good to be true offer. Hey, best of luck to you. You know, the boomerang employee is what they're calling him now. So we're, I mean, we might, he might come back, right? So when you lose somebody, right. be, be nice. You can't, you can't be in the way of somebody wanting to pursue to do better for their family, do better for themselves. And, um, and if they think they're going, if they have an opportunity to do that, then you don't want to obviously hate to see him go, but, he did good for us for many, many years. So six months from now, he might want to come back. Who knows, right? Because the grass. In, in the past, we went the other way. If somebody left, we made sure they knew that they really weren't welcome back. So, you know, <laughs> there's been, an, uh, there's been an, another change in, in thinking there also. So, you know, congratulate them on, on exercising a new opportunity. Let them know the door's open. They've done a good job. And um, if something happens that you get there and it's not as expected, Give me a call. You know, I valued you as an employee in the past, and, you know, maybe I will again in the future sometime. Yeah, I think uh, with our technician shortage, the days of my father's days of get your toolbox and get out of here are uh, <laughs> gone. <laughs> so, Uva, we're getting down to the end here. Um, 
I think what I'd like to do is ask Dustin and Darren two different questions. So, and I'd like to start with Darren first, if that's okay. So Darren, let's say that a shop already has auto vitals and they're moving over to protractor. Um, basically you help them go and get set up. You're going to put the standard job package in there and, you know, ask them to go ahead and actually map their current inspection sheet to what they're using. But if they're new to both auto vitals and protractor, then, you know, your job is going to be a lot easier for you and them both, if I understand correctly. Absolutely. You know that, yeah, we're going to have that, you know, preset template that can work with all of your um, pre-built inspections, as you mentioned earlier. Of course, both can be tweaked, I'm sure, to be, you know, a little bit more of a closer fit for what the shop's goal are. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of that legwork that Justin had to do years ago is, is going to already be done for them. And what is, a, you know, kind of a timeline or steps that they would take? They would just go in and reach out to AMS Protractor and, and have that conversation. And it all depends on what their individual goals are, or is there like a standard timeline you use? Typically, I mean, there's, there's a semi-standard timeline, but we, we kind of go at the shop's pace. Um, as soon as they say, I want to go, we reach out to them and we schedule an onboarding session. And we're going to ask those initial questions like, do you use a DVI? If so, who do you use? And if we hear auto vitals, we're going to go present them with what we already have um, in those pre-built templates and explain what will need to be customized. And the timeline is going to be up to them, you know, depending on what they have coming up in the new future. You know, we have shops that are ready to go in a week or two. Some shops need more time because of vacations and other things. They take them four weeks. Um, but it's all going to move at the, at the shop owner space. And so Protractor is a little bit unique in that it's got a internal general ledger and, and accounting system built into it. And so you can handle a shop that wants to get into that. And you can also handle shops that have been using um, QuickBooks and you have integration available for through back office to Protractor also, if I understand. So there's something for both different ways. Yeah, it's very robust in that manner. Um, we work with a, a big variety of different types of shops. Um, so if somebody's already been using you know, a system that has accounting and they want to keep an SMS with accounting, we can absolutely take care of that. But if they've been comfortable using something like QuickBooks or Sage or any of those other ones out there and they prefer to keep that solution in place, um, then we're just going to have them integrate through the back office and we're going to teach them the rest of the point of sale. Awesome. So Dustin, it's come to that time again where I ask you, what are your top three things that you would want, like to go ahead and make sure a shop understands about the integration of Protractor and Auto Vitals and how to go and bring that, that shop along in, in the process in, in the most streamlined way possible for them. Not painless, mind you, but, you know, in a streamlined way. Well, one, use the tools that Darren just described, you know, get with Protractor. If they've got them built out, I would start there because I would save a ton of time. Uh, train your guys, train them, make sure they, they see the value, okay, the biggest the biggest thing is for counter people to see what the value of your technicians to see why it's valuable and how much time they're saving. Uh, I then every time I say just dive in, dive in, get it going. You're going to have hiccups. You're going to sit, hit some bumps in the road. Don't be afraid of that because those are going to help you get better and you're going to learn from from that stuff. So, and let it print. Let it print the money. Let it print the money. Right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's exactly legal, but I get your point for sure. 
Awesome. So I'd like to thank both of you for joining us here today. Um, Dustin, um, you've helped us out before and, and hopefully you'll do it again in the future. Darren, great to have you on here. Uh, lots here. of good thank insight you. and I'm sure we'll be um, talking on some other projects in the future. Uwe, do you have anything you want to say before we finish up? I want to add to what Dustin just said. Um, use the business control panel to make sure everybody is held accountable to the procedures and, 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 and have them figure out their own behavior instead of telling everybody what to do, right? Because they will see it in their own wallet very quickly. Uh, the old, what do you think you could have done better to change this number? Right. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So once again, thank you guys. Uh, for those of you that are listening, I encourage you to go to autobottles.com forward slash radio and maybe send that link to another shop owner in your area and have them register to join us live or have them look through some of the 180 other episodes that are in there. Lots of great wisdom in there to go ahead and share. So that being said, go out there and make some money and, and wow your customers and create a happy, um, well-paid staff in the meantime. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Darren. Have a great day, everybody.